Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a really, really important week coming up next week with the 2023 NFL Draft. It's about a week away. Uh, and the other big story that broke earlier this week is Jalen Hurts got his contract extension. So it is an exciting time for Eagles fans. And joining us today to talk all about it on the Bird's Nest Podcast is legendary Eagles broadcaster Merrill Reese. Merrill, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Joe. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you as well. So, Merrill, before we get into some of that stuff, I did want to, for some of our followers who don't necessarily know, how exactly did you get into broadcasting? Because you've been the voice of the Eagles since 1977. It would take uh, the entire show plus about 12 hours to give you the rundown. <laughs> Let's just say I'll give you the quick version. I grew up loving every sport, wanting to play sports. At 5'8 and 140 pounds, I wasn't going to quarterback the team. Chose the next best route, majored in communications uh, after graduate and was a student at, at Temple University. I was sports director of the student station, did all the Temple football, baseball, basketball games for most of the time. Uh, graduated from Temple, was a naval public affairs officer, started out at a little station in Pottstown bigger station a year later in Levittown, of which I am now managing partner, uh, came into the city to WWDB, was, was one of 90 plus people to audition for summer replacement for Charlie Swift at WIP, kept getting called back, called back, called back, and eventually they gave me the job. Uh, they liked me very quickly, contract to do the pre and post game shows, did that for five years, the color for one year, and then moved into the play-by-play -play seat, and I've been there ever since. Awesome. That's, that's quite the story. And, yeah, it does sound like it's a long and winding road there for you. It is a long and winding road. Not <laughs> nearly as, as, as direct as I made it. It's all right. It's all right. Um, Merrill, what have been some of your – give me one of your most memorable moments. Um, let's set aside Super Bowl 52 for a minute here, because uh, obviously that's probably one of the most memorable moments. But setting aside that, what was probably the standout moment for you in your career? December 19th, 2010, Eagles trailing at the half, 23 to three or something. And I, I said the Eagles, the Giants lead the Eagles 23 to what, and the Eagles, the Giants 23, Eagles are still at their hotel. They came back in the second half and Michael Vick engineered one of the most incredible comebacks I have ever seen, culminated by the famous Deshaun Jackson walk-off punt return. That would be it. Very cool. Very awesome there. Um, yeah, so that, that's been, that's definitely a really, really important moment there. So I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, glad that you had that. And certainly you've been the voice of the Eagles for my entire life. So you've been the voice of the Eagles for just so, so many people and your insight on a lot of stuff is, is important. Um, you were on 94 WIP yesterday talking to Joe Giglio and uh, Hugh Douglas when the news broke about Jalen Hurts contract extension. Um, and you were, you sounded over the moon during that interview when, when he, uh, or when they announced that. What about Jalen Hurts's being here for the next five years and hopefully longer? What about that excites you? Everything, everything. I was excited, Joe, when they drafted him in the second round uh, four years ago. I jumped off the seat I was sitting in. I was so happy. 
because I loved him at Alabama. I loved him at Oklahoma. He was my favorite quarterback going into the draft, although I didn't expect him to take a quarterback. And I have been somebody who, when a good portion of the world was saying a year ago, well, the Eagles have to still find a franchise quarterback. I was a big fan of his while he was at Alabama at Oklahoma. I almost jumped off my chair when they drafted him in the second round four years ago. And from the very moment he arrived, I was convinced that he was somebody special. I liked his leadership. Some people questioned his arm strength, which I thought was crazy. Some people questioned his decision-making, which was even crazier. I think he is the total package, and I think he will go on to be even a better quarterback than he is right now. He isn't close to reaching his ceiling. He is really, really special. Yeah, that that is very true. It seems like he's really came in and he came in under a lot of adversity, having been drafted in the second round when we already, at least at the time that we thought, um, we thought we had a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. Little did anybody know that what was going to happen in the subsequent season and in the later off season uh, and how he would have to very quickly come in and, and be the starter. Has he, it's certainly set, he certainly has lived up to his potential, at least at this point on the field. What is it when you're interacting with him behind the scenes, maybe in the locker room, or not, maybe not in the locker room, but maybe in the cafeteria at NovaCare or and on the field during practice? What have you seen about him that perhaps most impresses you um, with given his uh, status in the NFL? The fact that he isn't a celebrity quarterback, he's one of the most down-to-earth people you'd ever want to meet. He's the first person in the building in the morning. He's the last person to leave. If Tuesdays are the day off for the players, they don't include Jalen Hurts because he shows up anyhow to look at game tape. He is totally dedicated. He wants to be the best. He strives to be the best. He is rarely, rarely satisfied with his performance. Is always something that he wished he had done better. He has the makings of a great, great player. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely interesting to, to hear a little bit about that. And certainly you were alluding to the Tuesdays off. I remember uh, seeing a report right after the Eagles won the NFC championship game this year that Jalen Hurts wanted to be in the office on Monday looking at game tape. So I yeah. definitely seems to be that way. Um, Jeffrey Lurie called Jalen Hurts the most mature 24-year-old. How do you see that maturity play out among the guys on the team? Just the fact that he's settled. He's not looking for exciting nightlife or flashy cars or anything like that. He's, he's football, football, and more football. I like to say that football is his job, and it's also his hobby. Awesome. So... Jalen Hurts is a really good example, actually, of the something that Howie alluded to in his year-end press conference after, unfortunately, we, we lost in Super Bowl 57. But Howie alluded to something that he doesn't always draft for the needed position right now. And what he means by what he seemed to mean by that is he doesn't look to try to fill holes in the draft every single time he will sometimes look to do backfilling of positions and sort of like who's going to be the person to take over and certainly we saw that with 
Jalen Hurts, at least that was the idea of it, um, as it was explained. And um, it wound up being needed much sooner than we had anticipated uh, sure. as a fan base. But do you think that that sort of filling the holes that may come up down the line is a good philosophy? Would you rather see more drafting for an immediate impact? What, what, when you approach the draft, when you look at the draft, what do you think is the, the right philosophy? I think the right, right philosophy is not standing by either one of those philosophies. I think it's a combination. If the mm-hmm. player comes up at number 10, who you think can both help this team tomorrow and be a player who's going to continue to make this team better down the line, you grab them. But you don't ever say, well, this guy's really not the top player on that board, but we have a hole in that area, so he's the best safety or he's the best whatever. No, it's got to be, it's got to be the best player available. But you do keep your needs in, in mind because very often there are two or three players that may fit that bill in the same category as as being top-notch. So then you would take the one that can help you right now. I mean, you're obviously obviously not going to take a quarterback. You're obviously not going to take a wide receiver, I don't believe, with that first pick in the draft. But if a wide receiver, even though they have two of the best in in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, comes up in that last round, and there's somebody who you say, you know what, boy, I didn't think he would be here, but he may be a, a terrific slot receiver for us. Um, why not take him and bring him to camp and uh, see how he does against Quez Watkins in fighting for a roster spot? But then you can then you can fool around a little bit with that that need factor. But but until then, you have to say to yourself, there this is a draft strongest. I think an offensive and defensive lineman. And I think it's Howie's philosophy and one I believe in also that you build from the lines on out. And you look at this team and they have two players on the offensive line right now who are nearing the end of their career. Great players in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Now, supposedly Lane uh, Cam Jurgens was brought in last year as the heir apparent to the center position. But he's going to be playing guard this year, and we'll see how he'll do there. But they could still draft another guard center or tackle, for that matter, if he's the right person with the top pick. Same with the defense. They lost They lost some players they could help. And when you talk about that, um, you, you may be very tempted to draft a defensive lineman. That also may be the way to go. In fact, if I had to guess, it would probably be a defensive lineman if one of the top ones slips the 10. But if, if say, for example, um, Jalen Clark is gone, then you may go in another, and I think he probably will be, or an edge rusher like Will Alexander is gone, then you go in another direction. Great. Yeah, that, that's definitely important there. Um, yeah, and certainly the... Uh... There's been a lot of defensive turnover lately. Will, Will Anderson, I meant, of course. Will Anderson. If he's gone, then you go in another direction. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so it's certainly um, it's certainly focused on on a lot of that, and you want to see what you can do to try to um, to fill those holes that you can anticipate. Um, but I, I, it's definitely important to to make sure that we've got all of the gaps at least covered. Well, and then let me point this out too, Joe. You mm -hmm. may have been able to fill some of those needs with people who who were there last year, who were yeah. high graphics and for various reasons, didn't play the role that you would hope they would. I'll give an example. Top draft pick, Jordan Davis, fine player out of Georgia, great player, but he had a concussion. He had a high ankle sprain, so it limited his activity. But with, uh, you know, with, with people leaving, uh, you may find him playing a lot more next year. It, mm -hmm. it may happen. Uh, the Kobe Dean could be somebody, a linebacker who plays a lot more this year. So uh, you, you'll see what happens. But they That's lost awesome. Javon Hargrave last year, and that presents a big hole. It does. Yeah, and, and I remember just as you were talking about that, I remember something that Nick Sirianni was asked. I forget if it was in the lead-up to the Super Bowl or if it was in the, in the follow-up uh, afterwards. Uh, he was asked particularly about Devin Allen as an example of that, where um, Devin Allen has been waiting in the wings on the practice squad, so to speak. Uh, but he's had an opportunity to make an impact through things like Nick Sirianni has alluded to things that Devin's doing that uh, could be brought into uh, that other wide receivers could even take a look at. So well, we'll see. I mean, he yeah. was a great track star, but had been mm -hmm. away from football for a while, but uh, I'm sure he'll be a training camp and he'll compete. I'm sure he will. Um, so you kind of alluded to the uh, the positions that you think that the Eagles could need to uh, to find those players in, particularly the at the lines and building out from the well, lines. Well, how about how about corner? How about corner? You've got two corners back there: Big Play Slay yeah. and James Bradbury, who is uh, who are both over the age of thirty. So yeah. that becomes a down the road need or a depth need yeah absolutely who are some of the players that you see maybe coming in as you look at this draft class as you look at this draft class who are some of the players that you see coming up from the college area coming from up from the college game that you think are going to be worth the eagles attention well one is an offensive lineman in fact there are a couple of offensive linemen uh, that you'd have to pay attention to. Uh, one would be Paris Johnson, who's bigger than a building from Ohio State. And the other is the kid from Northwestern, uh, Peter Skoronsky. He is a very talented offensive lineman. So those are names to pay attention to. Um, there's an offensive tackle from Georgia by the name of Roderick Jones. He's outstanding also. Um, if you're drafting, let's say, the 30th spot and he's out there, I like Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State as a corner. He's even a corner who could be converted to a safety, perhaps, because he's got the length and he's got the size. Uh, there's another corner who's outstanding, but I think he'll go before the Eagles' second pick, and I don't think they'll pick a safety with their first pick, and that's Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. So uh, there's a kid named Witherspoon who's very good also. So there are a bunch of players out there that they could go for. Nice. Well, Merrill, thank you very much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. My pleasure.
And thank you for everyone for tuning into the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media on YouTube and sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also visit birdsnestmedia.com or follow us at Bird's Nest Media on Facebook and Twitter for the latest Eagles news. And certainly if you feel so inclined to support more endeavors like this one, you can find the link to our Patreon on our website, birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and let's go Eagles. Eagles.